Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. I'm so glad you guys are here today. Today is Monday, December 20th, and you know what day it is. It's Mailbox Monday. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I'm glad you guys are here today. I hope that you are. This is the week of Christmas, you guys. It's only five days away. So uh, I hope that you're getting some time with your families. I hope you're getting to put some gingerbread houses together and read some Christmas stories to your kids and focus on how blessed we are to live in this amazing country at this amazing time. And we've been given this amazing gift. Uh, so I'm very, very glad that you guys are here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I'm going to answer your questions today. It is Mailbox Monday. As you guys know, uh, I am very, very, well, I, I don't even know that. I'm so thankful for all of you. This is a great time of year for me to say it. Uh, this has been a rough month for me, as a lot of you know, and I've been so encouraged by your cards and your letters and just the messages that you have sent. And as, as time goes by, I feel like the Lord is showing me a little bit, just little snippets, pieces of what he's doing. And someone asked me the other day about all the things that we're going through and uh, even my run for Congress and what I'm doing. Uh, and if you guys are interested, by the way, in finding out more about that, you can go to Heidi St. John for Congress and just check out uh, what I'm doing there. And uh, we appreciate your help, obviously, with that also. But the question came, and this is kind of the question I'm going to start with today. A listener out of Maryland asked me how I felt about the possibility of getting to the end of this congressional run and not being elected. And wow, you guys, I guess the, it, the way that I thought of it as the question was being asked was I didn't run for anyone's approval. I ran because I know in my spirit that that's what the Lord asked me to do. Do I know why? Uh, he asked me to do it. No. Do I, am I guaranteed an outcome? Absolutely not. But I can tell you this, my self-esteem is not riding on this because I know who I am in the Lord. And I have so much to be thankful for. I have a husband that loves me, wonderful kids. We, our fourth grandbaby is on the way. The homeschool resource center is doing well. The Lord has given us so much to be thankful for. And I do believe that this is the attitude that God blesses. The attitude that says, Lord, I trust you no matter what comes my way, no matter if we get the thing we want or not. I told you before that when my dad passed away, I really, it was, it was the death of a hope inside of me and hoping that somehow that story would have ended differently than it did. But God is at work and I am grateful. And I think when we live out, when we live in an, in an attitude and a posture of humility and gratefulness, it doesn't mean that we won't sin and won't blow it and don't screw up and don't make a mess of things. It's a worldview. It's how we choose to see the world. And uh, in the midst of the many, many hard things that are happening around us right now, uh, and obviously happening in your lives and clearly in mine, we still have so much to be thankful for. You guys, this world is not our home. We are just passing through. We have an opportunity to impact the people around us. We have an opportunity to breathe hope and life and grace and peace and joy into a season that would maybe be otherwise unbearable. And I just want you to be encouraged by all that God is doing. He is on his throne and he is still at work. Stay in the word, you guys, and trust him uh, because the Lord is at work. And I'm, I'm, I just feel blessed to be one of... Uh, one of the children of God to know him. So anyway, that's a, a little bit, that was that first question. And I actually, people ask me that question all the time. 
and I appreciate it. And we do very much appreciate your prayers for our family as we walk out this call uh, that God has on our life together. So I appreciate that. Uh, This question comes from a listener in Oregon. Heidi, my husband and I recently went to a local ice cream shop on date night. We were refused service for not wearing our masks properly. The employee told us that that mandates are laws. And I was taken back by this because I always thought a mandate was not a law. And I looked it up and found conflicting arguments. So my question is, how would you respond to this? Is a mandate a law? Thank you so much for your podcast. I am encouraged by it. Well, thank you. First of all, I am so sorry that you live in Oregon. <laughs> I live in Washington and things aren't a whole lot better here. But the the question about uh, mandates being law comes up obviously all the time. We're seeing this with the, the forcing of the vaccines now on people and um, the masks, which by the way, I'm going to continue to say it. Mask wearing is stupid. It is so stupid. It's not, it does not protect you against viruses. Uh, so this this whole thing, it's just, uh, it's, it's amazing. But as you guys know, President Biden has signed a series of executive orders mandating that federal employees get vaccinated, contractors, their staff, and obviously he lost that in court. The same thing with the Labor Department. OSHA also lost. They were directed to implement this new emergency. And they're doing it, by the way, under the guise of it, of it being an emergency, which is why you're going to see, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, everybody run and hide. There's a brand new variant. You know, it's beginning to look a lot like another variant is coming because they need to keep you in fear. And if you're in fear and if the general population is afraid, they're not going to have any trouble implementing all of these ridiculous rules, which they're doing under the guise of it being uh, a state, a constant state of emergency. So they said that that the failure to comply, according to to Biden, would result in a fine, a pretty hefty one of $14,000. And of course, that went to uh, the courts. The courts ruled against the Biden administration. He's going to continue to do that. He's going to continue to push the envelope of what is uh, his authority. And frankly, and I've told you guys this before, he is wildly outside of his jurisdiction, absolutely wildly outside of it. So the federal vaccine mandate, although it has not been passed by the U.S. Congress, that's what would make it a law, by the way. Uh, It still does carry the same legal requirement, and it's going to be followed as if it were the law until it expires. This is the difference between a law and a mandate. Laws don't expire. You can't cancel a law. It has to be, you have to change a law through the same process that it took you to get the law in the first place, right? Mandates are different. Uh, And you're going to see people in this country follow them until they expire which they won't if we stay in the stupid state of emergency until they're canceled, until they're revoked, or until they're found unlawful by the courts. And I believe that is what is going to continue to happen. So the U.S. Constitution's Second Amendment gave the president authority to issue executive orders, although I do not believe that this is what they had in mind. So executive orders or directives, like laws passed in legislatures, can be called mandates and they have they typically have sunset clauses in other words they come off the books at a later date or they're found unconstitutional by the courts which we're watching happen and they're being struck down uh unfortunately what we're watching now is that we have a very very we're at a very tentative uh place in our government right now because we have an administration in power who does not care about the rule of law and does not care about the constitution. He knows he doesn't have the authority to do this and he's basically just waiting until uh, the courts struck it, strike him down. 
And I, I, I do believe that's going to continue to happen. I mean, here's this guy calling, you know, this pandemic, a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And we're watching the terrible fallout from the, uh, the overreach and the tyrannical dictates of these tyrannical leaders. And so we're going to, I think we're going to see more of this. I think it's going to get harder before it gets better, but there are a few factors that need to be in place before a mandate uh, can be actually put into place. First of all, they have to be issued by a government agency or an elected official, like a governor, right? We've seen this happen now for the last two years and they usually need a reason to introduce it. Well, what is the reason? It's a state of emergency. It's a state of emergency. Are you guys afraid? Be afraid. Be very afraid. Afraid, 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 afraid. Fear, fear, fear. Everyone's going to die. That's the reason. And so mandates are often issued to deal with emergency situations. Uh, the governors like them because they're very fast to implement, and it makes them the perfect way to address a rapidly changing situation. The limits of mandates, and and these are the, the you know the downsides. They don't carry the same power as law, and there are a few situations in which a mandate can be deemed invalid. So they could be deemed invalid when they fall outside a government's agency. So here in Washington state, for example, our ridiculous legislature who didn't think the whole thing through gave Governor Inslee basically unlimited power in the event of an emergency. So if it falls outside the government's agency under that legislation, they can't issue it. Here in Washington, they've given our governor uh, sweeping authority, unfortunately, in the state of an emergency. Uh, so so if the mandate falls outside the government's agency under the legislation, the law will state clearly that things outside the agencies can and can't make laws about. For example, the health department can't make decisions about a pandemic, but a terrorist attack would be outside of their purview. I mean, the health department can make decisions about a pandemic, but if we get attacked by a terrorist, they, they're not going to have anything to say about it, which, you know, won't matter because our country won't be around anyway at the rate we're going. Uh, two, the mandate can't overrule any existing state or federal laws. These laws can also be changed how, you guys, by a legislature. This is a reason that I'm running for Congress. The mandate cannot override the Constitution. This is where Biden is losing uh, in the courts. So it has to go to the Supreme Court. By the way, if we want these these mandates to be overturned, it has to go to the Supreme Court. This is going to mean arguing that the mandate was invalid in the first place. And I can I continue to pray that this happens and happens soon. And to another point of your scenario right there in Oregon, if I went into a place and they said, you're not wearing your mask, properly leave, I'd be like, see you later. Bye-bye. Uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm appalled. It, this whole thing, it's appalling. It really is. All right, you guys, you know that I have entered into an awesome partnership with Mike Lindell over at MyPillow, and I decided I was going to go ahead and try some new things. So we ordered their slippers this year. You guys, check it out. It's a great Christmas gift, and you can get a massive discount up to 66% off of everything that's at the MyPillow store. You guys, they have sheets, they have a mattress, they've got a dog bed, which Finley is loving. They've got awesome bathrobes, and their slippers are fantastic, real leather. You will love them. Don't tell anybody, but that's what I got my husband for Christmas. Anyway, I want to encourage you guys. It's a great way to support an American-owned business and support this podcast at the same time. Do some Christmas shopping at MyPillow.com. Use promo code Heidi or call 1-800-447-0541. Tammy from Washington, how do I bring my children and husband to the Lord? Tammy, I love this question. It it uh, it speaks to your heart and how much you love your family. And I believe 
you know, uh, I think it was Augustine. Some of you guys are going to correct me. I'm so tired. I might be wrong. Or St. Francis of Assisi who said, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. When it comes to talking to your unsaved husband about the Lord, I think the best thing that you've got going for you is your attitude, your heart, your um, your kindness toward him. Those are the best things that you've got going for you right now. And I would, I would just encourage you to use those things to say, um, I am going to uh, be an example of a Christ-like wife to my husband. And in terms of your children, um, be you know read read the Bible to them. Talk to your children about why it's so important that they listen uh, to you as you talk to them about what the Lord's done in your life. The best testimony that you will ever give your children is your testimony. Why do you believe uh, in the Bible? Why do you believe in the power of God in your life? Why did you become a Christian? Why do you love Jesus? Answer these questions and then watch and see what will happen as you uh, as you live this thing out. Let them see by example and teach your children. Uh, the Bible says, you know, this is Deuteronomy 6, when you rise up and when you when you uh, lie down, this is our responsibility as parents to introduce our children to the Lord. Um, become a member of MomStrong International. Start studying the Bible with us. We've got a whole component in there for your children every single week. And so I want you guys to check that out, momstronginternational.com. It's so important uh, that we are honest with our children about our faith and why we came, how we came to faith in Jesus. And I just want to encourage you along those lines. The next question is a follow-up question from a parent in Virginia. Hi, Heidi. Thank you so much to you and Jay and your team for all you do to inspire, encourage, and guide us through this crazy world. Thank you for your insight on reading books like the Harry Potter series and how to help our children learn to navigate the entertainment industry. My question is along these lines. My children are reading a book series that I've found that includes snippets here and there of a girl having a crush on another girl. There's nothing explicit, but I feel it can desensitize us to the issues. My daughter is adamant that she knows it's sin and ignores it, but it gives me pause. She is almost 12 and we are working on giving her a more active role in researching books, et cetera, and movies for appropriateness. How would you navigate this? Is it a book that you would allow your children to read? All right. So the danger, the okay, so the danger of sexual sin, the Bible says to run from it, to run from it. And the way that the culture is moving right now, I would have absolutely nothing to do with any kind of book or movie that made my children try to desensitize them or made them think that same-sex relationships were biblical or correct. The Bible has so much to say about this. I, When I talked about Harry Potter, I said the same thing, you know, Star Wars, all those things. Uh, the moment I saw, I, I thought that my children either did not understand or I could see them moving in a way that um, made me think that they might pursue witchcraft, uh, I would be like, oh, no, no, no. In the world that we are living in right now, with the pervasiveness of the transgender movement and homosexuality and, uh, and even uh, pedophilia, which is being absolutely pushed in our culture right now, this is what happens when we turn away from God. This is what happens when we decide that we know better than God does and that we can navigate uh, our future on our own. And when the church stops moving away from the orthodoxy of teaching our children right and wrong. And so when it comes to the, uh, you know, books reading about girls having crushes on girls, I'm telling you what, you guys, it's like a gateway drug run for your life. Uh, 
the news is going to tell your girls that this is okay. The magazines that they see in the checkout stands at Walmart are telling your children that um, same-sex relationships are good and normal and healthy. But the Bible teaches us the absolute opposite is true. And so the Bible says, run from sexual sin, from sexual temptation. Your children are very, very vulnerable to this kind of thing right now because it is literally saturated in the culture right now. And so I would just encourage you to stay away from it, to talk to your children about why you're not allowing them to read books like that, why we don't uh, watch movies that um, that say that it's all right. And do you see how subtle this is? It's not like, you know, in the movies a long time ago, you know, uh, gay characters were kind of a you know, they were like the um, the Steve Martins, uh, you know, the flaming gay gay character or whatever. And we would talk to our kids about that. This is different. This is so subtle and so um, diabolical in nature that I would just encourage you to be very, very careful. Uh, new Next question comes from a concerned parent in Texas with so many churches and curricula becoming woke. What curriculum do you recommend for U.S. history that stands on God's worth, word, the living word? Well, uh, there are a few of them I can link back to in the show notes today. I've really been blessed by Knotgrass. I like their history. I read a series of books by Joy Hakem called The History of the United States. What we don't want to do is uh, fall victim to any of the the newer curriculums that are trying to rewrite our history. There's a wonderful book by John Hostetler called Ordained and Established. It's a statement, Citizens a guide to the United States Constitution. And there are speeches of presidents in there, uh, letters that were written, uh, during the Revolutionary War and during the Civil War that really demonstrate the history of this country. And we have ugly history in this country. I mean, we should be honest about it. We we did embrace slavery for a time, but guess what? It was the Christians that stood against it. For the most part, guess what? It was, it was Republicans, not Democrats, that stood against slavery and wanted to abolish it. And so... Uh, this idea that our country is not worth fighting for and that the ideals that we have held dear and that we have been able to unify around for so long are not worth defending is hogwash. And it takes me back to what I was saying the other day about recognizing the importance of walking in unity with each other. So uh, those are some off the top of my head that I would just say, hey, give these a try. And then hopefully... Uh, you guys are uh, doing your homework. Definitely check out Patriot Academy if you haven't done that already. And uh, he has a wonderful course on biblical citizenship, which we are going to be going through with you uh, in some capacity here at the podcast in the very near future. So we want to be studying, as the Bible says, to show ourselves approved workmen who do not need to be ashamed, who rightly handle the word of God. So the most important thing you'll study is the word of God. And outside of that, we want to study the correct history of this country and teach our children what is worth fighting for. That's all I have time for today. We love you guys so much. Thank you again for sending your cards and letters. Some of you have been sending gifts to us in the mail, which we've really enjoyed. Uh, I just got some coffee in the mail and it was uh, actually a, a staffer brought this to me and I thought it was so sweet. I'm actually looking at me. I'm going to pull it out again because the picture of your family is so cute. Shepherd's Crook Coffee Company. You guys, we love coffee. Thank you so much for sending that to us. That came out of Stratford, Missouri. And you guys, uh, the things that you're sending us, the, the cards, the letters, the support for Firmly Planted Family, which is the uh, nonprofit organization that runs the Homeschool Resource Center. And we are looking into helping you start several homeschool cooperatives in 2022 and beyond. So if you want to help be a part of that and support it financially, you can also send that support to me, Heidi St. John, Care of Firmly Planted Family, 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington. 98682. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You're such an encouragement to me. 
and we hope that we are a blessing to you. And I will see you back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.